Studying the Bible sometimes can be pretty self-explanatory. You pick a particular book that you want to learn, grab some resources, and dive into it. Or perhaps maybe jump into a small group Bible study. Or you're attending a church where the pastor is teaching through a particular book. That sounds pretty simple, right? Sometimes it can be very challenging. But when it comes to actually living out the scriptures, that is actually the greatest challenge. Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be learning in James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27, how you and I are not just to study the scriptures, but how we are to live it out. So turn to James chapter 1 and let's get into it. Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. What's up, my friends? I pray you guys are blessed in the Lord and that you are indeed standing strong in God's Word. It is always a blessing to be with you guys here on the podcast because we get the opportunity, however long, to dive into God's Word and to learn His truth. And so I just pray that as we dive into James chapter 1, that again, the mission right now, the main focus right now is how you and I can live out the Word of God in our lives. You know, there are a lot of people out there, and perhaps maybe you're one of them, who have access to a lot of information when it comes to the Bible. And of course, and I'm I'm guilty of this as well, we take it for granted. We got things on our devices. We can always Google things. We got softwares, Logos, study Bibles galore, different translations of the Bible, etc. And yet you wonder, I mean, I want you guys to stop and think about this. But how am I living out the Word of God? What does it actually look like in my life? I mean, if, if you've been a Christian, let's say, for 20 years, and you've read the Scriptures for, the, you know, for most of that time every single day, and you've taken Bible studies, and I just was talking to an individual uh, the other day who's gone through pretty much all the precept stuff from K. Arthur. And you know, I don't know much about the individual, but I was just wondering, I was curious how through all that study, through all that knowledge, how they're living it out. Not just when a moment comes and they're able to quote scripture, but yeah, that's, that, that's in some sense what I'm talking about. But just not just moralistically, but also just their faith, their genuineness and how they're using the gifts that God has given them and how they're loving and how they're forgiving, things like that. I mean, when you, cut, you see, again, the fruit of the spirit. And, and the reason at this point that, I believe James brings this up is because for the remainder of the time in this letter, he's going to be showing them what this wise individual looks like that's living out the word of God. Now, remember at this time, they didn't have a lot of scripture, okay? They didn't have a lot of scripture. And so they had the scriptures, the Jewish scriptures it is, but they didn't have, again, the gospels circulating. They didn't have a lot of the letters from, from the Apostle Paul. Because if you remember in, in the timetable that we're working off chronologically, James is the only guy at this point who's actually written some scripture regarding uh, the church and trying to unpack some things. Now, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, and again, you can always go to standstrongministries.org, click on podcasts, and there are my study notes. But one of the things that James does is he takes a lot of his half-brother's you know, sermons, in this case, the Sermon on the Mount, and he's unpacking it into daily life. 
So Jesus puts forth kind of this standard from the Beatitudes all the way to the foundation, either on sand or on, on solid rock. Meaning if you live out what I've taught you, you will indeed be a solid follower of my, a disciple that is of, of me. So what James is now doing, fast forward years later, he's taking the truths that Jesus laid out in Matthew 5 through 7, and he's putting into daily practice, and he's using these truths to confront these Christians, again, who are infighting, who were seeking the wisdom, not from above, but from the world, who are showing partiality, right? They're showing favoritism. Uh, many of them were turning to false doctrine. Uh, many of them were prideful. They knew a lot, but they were very arrogant in how they displayed it, meaning you can never be at their level. So they were so holy. They were so righteous because of information that they knew. And so now at this point, James is going to be talking about being a doer of what you learn. And so I hope even as we study on the podcast, my friends, that you and I don't just listen to what the scripture has to say, but we apply it that we're a doer of it. So that's what I want you guys to think. And this is the language that we're going to be learning about in this passage is not just hearing God's word, but doing it. So if you do have a Bible handy, let me read to you guys this passage in James chapter one, verses 19 through 27. If you don't just listen to uh, the reading here, verse 19, now know this, James says, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That word anger in Greek means a deep resentment and rejection. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away, that means lay aside all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted, that it means the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers, that literally means keep becoming makers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving literally means if you are not a hearer, he's saying and you're deceiving yourself, meaning you're being deluded by false reasoning. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks, that means to stoop, to look intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres. That means to keep it in, in activity. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Verses 26 through 27. If anyone thinks he is a religious who is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So what he's doing here, let me just say before I read verse 27, this, this word religious means performing outward works. And the word bridle means if you don't control, if you don't keep a tight rein on your tongue, you deceive, it says, his, you deceive your heart. And this person's religion, notice he says, is worthless. Verse 27, religion this is in reference, by the way, of Judaism realizing that Christ is the Messiah. So that true religion, we would say Christianity. So religion is a pure and undefiled before God, the Father. And this is what it is, he says, to visit orphans and widows in their afflictions and to keep oneself unstained from the world. 
Now, there is, as always, a lot to unpack. So let me just say this first and foremost when we jump back to verses uh, to verse 19. Let's start in verse 19. Where Notice what, what James does when he's saying, my beloved brothers. And let me just pause and say this. You know, it's really unfortunate today when you think about where we are at as, as Americans. Again, I'm an American. I've been blessed to be in this country. But in time, I actually have seen this lack of affection that has sadly affected the church. We're not as sympathetic. That, that doesn't mean that there aren't people who are sympathetic. Don't, don't please hear me. There are, there are plenty of people that are just man, rushing through my mind right now. And perhaps you're even thinking of one right now. Perhaps you are a very sympathetic person. That you're just so gentle and compassionate to people. But the sad reality is you guys, and I'm sure you guys know this. There's a lot of people who are Christian, but they don't tend to show a lot of love. They're not, they don't show a lot of tender affection as the gospels that you see through Jesus and you see through the epistles that talk about and you look at Colossians chapter three, et cetera. But I love this because James is saying, and he, again, remember, he's dealing with some, some intense things. He just talked about uh, in verse 18, being brought forth through the word of God that, that this kind of first fruits of his creatures, meaning when you and I receive the good gifts that come from above, verse 17 of James one, coming from the father lights, who again, who doesn't change his love, his forgiveness, it doesn't change, it is there. It's new every morning, right? His, his mercies and loving kindness. So you blow it today, you seek God, you repent, you start a new day in God's mercy. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? But as he was talking about that and of course confronting, we're gonna see in James 2, some partiality, he has to uh, speak to these people in a loving fashion. And that is so important because if you really wanna convey God's truth to people, you want to make sure that you speak it in love. And I love this because he says, beloved brothers, there, there's a relationship there. You and I know when it comes to people that we know, it's easier sometimes to, to, to show affection because, because there's history between the two of you. And this affection has grown through the years. You've been through a lot. But when you do see someone who is in need, just the other day when I was driving and I was trying to get in time to, to help an individual and it was pouring rain and it was an older woman, she was homeless. And I couldn't, be, I, I couldn't get there to, to help her in something and I was going to, to a meeting. But I remember just, I just prayed for her the entire time. I just prayed for her the entire time. And sometimes, again, you can say, well, you know, I just prayed, you know, just pray to God, Lord bless this person and just move on and think, you know, that wasn't enough. Sometimes it is. Sometimes God shows you, hey, have affection for this person. When I see that person, again, my heart wasn't like, oh my gosh, another, another homeless person. Golly, where are these people coming from? It's not, it's not like that. And hopefully for you, it's not like that either. But when you see somebody in need, when you see somebody hurting, that immediately in your heart, you respond with love and with affection. And that's going to be James's. Again, remember, James is dealing with these people head on, but we cannot neglect, as he says, know this, my beloved brothers. And that's another thing that's so important. Know this. What he's sharing with them is so vitally important. And he wants them to know, just like as a parent, you want your kids to know certain things. You say, hey, know this, you guys. This is what I want to share with you. This is important. 
okay, catch this. Or like one old preacher used to always say, now, now listen, now, now catch this. This is important. I don't want you to miss this. And so that's the heart that James has for these people. Even though they've been infighting, even though there's rivalry, even though there's conceit, even though there's people who've been abusing their positions of power, these are his beloved brothers. And he wants them to, res- to respond to his letter in repentance. Okay, so having said that now, notice what he says. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Remember, I told you the word anger here means deep resentment and rejection. So there's a lot of people sometimes where they get so angry with some with people that they reject them. They, they, they dismiss them because they don't want to hear it. And notice if you and I just applied these three things in our lives, what are they? Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Think about what that would do in our relationships. Think about how drastic things would change if we followed this advice from James himself. So he, what he does here, and then th- again, this is going to go, th- th- this is important, you guys, because I, th- when I was studying this and I was looking at it and going through all five chapters, it's amazing what James does here in this section now about living out the word of God. And that's why this is so pivotal. This is why he places this message right here in his letter. He lists three exhortations of wise living. So every topic that we talk about, it goes back to these three exhortations. So this first one, quick to hear, he talks about this from verse 21 of chapter one all the way to chapter two, verse 26. When he starts talking about being slow to speak, he's going to start talking about the tongue in James chapter one, or excuse me, James chapter three, verses one through 18. And when he talks about being slow to anger from chapter four, verse one, all the way to chapter five, verse 18, there it is. So these three huge exhortations about living wisely, James is going to structure that for the remaining portion of the letter. That is huge, quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger. So when I ask the question, what does it look like living out the word of God? It's these three things. Now, again, we'll unpack that as time goes on in the book of James, but this is so profound, you guys. When you study the word, you say, Lord, I want to be quick to hear you, what your word has to say. Lord, I want to, I want to hear wise counsel from people out there. Lord, I want to be slow to speak. You see, you guys, and, and this is a huge one especially being a pastor through the years and leading groups and leading team members and pouring into people and discipling people. Inevitably, you're always going to get that person who always speaks up. They always have something to say. And again, you could be older. You could be a Christian longer. You can have a position that God has given you, that you're exercising your gifts. It, It doesn't matter. They will speak up. And oftentimes it's because they want to be heard. They, they are not quick to hear. They are not slow to speak. They just speak out. And what tends to happen though with those type of people is they will show what? Not just the pride, but anger when they don't get what they feel they deserve. See, anger is a, it's a natural emotion, right? That God has given human beings. We saw Jesus on different occasions. He showed 
great anger. But notice what Jesus and what James is saying here is you're not sinning. You're not letting the anger take over you where you are cussing, yelling, being disrespectful, being inconsiderate. See, James, he's addressing anger as sinful when it leads a person to what? To be impatient, to use bad language, to be combative, to be unforgiving, and to be violent. So again, if you go back to Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 26, you kind of see how Jesus talked about the anger that is in the heart. So one thing that we see right off the bat, living out God's word is someone who is what? Someone who is slow to, to speak because they're quick to hear. They want to hear from God. They want to hear what other people are saying. Uh, they're not going to give in to their anger. They're slow in it. They know that this is an emotion that we all have, but they want to make sure that it's not destroying the lives of people. So when you look at those three things, ask yourself right now, where do you stand? Now, all of us are a work in progress and all of us need to be more patient and all of us need to not give in to our anger as, as, as often as we do. Now, if you're parents and you have several kids, that impatience can lead to anger, okay? Uh, I have four children, um, and, but being a parent, I've learned to be patient and to trust the Lord and to, and to every day when I pray on my knees, God, give me the patience, give me the wisdom. And again, as I study God's word, God teaches me those things. And so as you look at those three things in your life, notice now in verse 21, that we are to lay aside all filthiness and rampant wickedness. And when we do that, what are we, what are we receiving in return? We're, we're, we're receiving something far better. We're receiving with meekness, again, with great humility. And that's the thing about Christianity, just like James is coming off saying, hey, beloved brothers, look, God has anointed me. The Holy Spirit has, has called me to, to write this letter. And, you know, yes, Jesus was my brother. And I learned from him. And, and yes, I'm a leader in the church and the apostles and all these elders, they come to me. So James, you know, we would say like, oh, he's the top dog, right? He's a big shot. This guy is, is like one of the most solid believers, if you will. He's got the credentials. He doesn't come off that way. He's coming to them saying, hey, you guys, I love you guys a lot. And I want to help you. I want to help you guys because I believe that your success brings me success, not in the sense of business, but that I aspire to impact people. And when you are inspired by that, then that inspires me all the more. And so that's a beautiful thing. And he says, so as you guys hear me out in these truths, we also have to recognize that we got we to gotta lay aside a lot of filthiness. This rampant wickedness, what, what descriptiveness that James lays out here. And again, you got to call it out. Sometimes we can come in love and you don't speak the truth or you come too hard with the truth and you don't have the love. So rather than giving into the deception of sin, James is encouraging Christians to put away sin by holding fast to the word of God. That's it. You got to be humbled, you guys. That's Christianity. James is coming with humility. And he says, you guys got to receive the implanted word in meekness and humility. And that's the difference, you guys. People who live out God's word are meek. People who live out God's word are humble. People who live out God's word, 
They lay aside filthiness and rampant wickedness. I have never met someone who is grounded in Scripture, who love the Word of God so much. They have it memorized. They're referring to it. They're, they're quoting it. They're, they're, they're studying it with you or they're even teaching you. I've never met those kind of people who are in rampant wickedness. Now you can say, well, Jay, what about people who've been preaching the gospel for years and they were committing adultery? What about those people? Again, to the point of this here of the scripture, were they following scripture where it says to lay aside filthiness and rampant? No. Were they studying it? Were they preaching? Of course. But that's a, there's a huge difference between, again, people who study God's word or people who even preach God's word. I cannot tell you guys, sadly, how many people that I've met who are in full-time ministry and they've cheated on their spouse or they ripped the church off financially or they were deceiving people or whatever the case may be. Again, those are not people who truly were living out the word of God. And these are, again, when the Bible says that we are to receive, what James is saying, when you receive with meekness, notice what he says, you're receiving what? The implanted, the engrafted word that is to save your souls. He said, okay, what is he saying here? What James is describing is the new covenant that we are in in Christ. And, the, and that new covenant, the truth of that covenant is salvation. And we receive it with a teachable spirit. We receive it because we know it's the truth. And there's nothing greater than that. You know, David writes in Psalm 119, verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against what? Against you. See, that's all the difference in the world. When I study God's word, when I store it in my heart and I receive it with meekness and I have a teachable spirit, like just like when you and I are studying the, the book of James right now, yeah, I may be walking through it verse by verse with you, but you know what? I want to receive it with meekness. And I don't take for granted this opportunity that God has blessed me to have to spend this time with you. And so I want you guys to know that you guys are my beloved brothers and sisters, that I take this seriously. I don't just throw this together last minute. A lot of times these podcasts, even one episode can take several hours, if not several days, depending on whatever the passage is. You just don't want to throw something together. And not only that, but making sure that I'm praying through it and that, that I'm living it out. I'm discussing this with colleagues of mine, people who hold me accountable. I'm discussing this with my wife and with my children. And even with some of you guys, when you guys send in your, your emails to me. And so it's a beautiful thing, you guys, to see God at work in our lives as we store up his word. So when you and I study God's word, it's a reminder that we're saved. It's because of this truth that we have in scripture that we are saved. And remember, as James is writing this, they didn't have a whole lot. They were seeing Christ who fulfilled prophecy from the Jewish scripture standpoint, but they didn't have, again, the, written, the gospels in written form. They had bits and pieces of it. And again, that was certainly enough for them. But man, aren't we, aren't we blessed to have the canonicity of scripture, the 66 books, the Holy Bible, the way that you and I have. All right, so enough on that. So now as we, we transition to verse 22, notice he says, but, but, but keep being a doer. Keep becoming a maker of the word. Again, that does not mean that you can add to scripture or anything like that. What he's saying is, I want you guys to live it out. I want you guys to 
be those examples, to be those witnesses. So when we say, you know, being the salt and light of the world or let people see your light that they may uh, glorify your father in heaven, you know, when they see your good works, that's living out the word, okay? That's what he means. And notice he says, not hearers only. And notice when you only study the word of God and you don't live it out, you're deceiving yourself. Literally what you're doing is you're being deluded by false reasoning. In essence, what you're saying is, I believe this to be true, but I don't believe it to the extent of living it out fully. And again, that could be not just naivety, that could be pride. Simply put, that could just be pride. I don't want to do it. I want to live how I want to live. I want to be in this relationship or I don't want to do what God has called me to do. I don't want to give that money to that cause because I want to buy a new car with it. That right there could be someone who's being deceived. You're being deluded by false reasoning. Okay, study the Bible and not live it. That is a person who's being deceived. So it's not just hearing and agreeing with the truth. You must live it out. And you know what, my friends? When you live it out, you will share the truth with others. I was just having uh, lunch with a, a good friend of mine and had the opportunity to talk about Christ to someone at the restaurant and she's a Christian. Now, there were some things there and so I hope to continue that conversation because, you know, more or less based on what she was talking about, I was a carnal Christian and I've been praying for her ever since. And so see, it was an opportunity where I don't just go and have a meeting talking about Jesus. I want to live it out. And as I'm living it out, I want to share it. And that's what happens, you guys. It's amazing. You know, the Bible uh, knowledge commentary in referring to this word deceiving is from a verb uh, that is used in the New Testament only here and also in Colossians 2 verse 4. Uh, the paralogizome means to cheat or deceive again by false reasoning. So the deception comes from thinking they have done all that is necessary when actually listening to the word is only the beginning. So a fitting illustration of the sit, soak, in sour crowd follows. So that is a way to, th to think about this because I think that's what a lot of times Christians in America do is they sit under teaching. Again, let's assume that it's, it's biblical teaching, it's solid teaching. But they can sit, they can soak it in, but if they don't live it out, they sour. And that's what we're seeing a lot of. And that's, again, a form of deception. So I hope that really uh, penetrates your heart, my friends, because oftentimes when we think of just deception, we think of false doctrine that's, that runs contrary to Christianity, right? No, James is talking about is don't deceive yourself by just listening to Scripture. Do what it says. So again, when he now gives into this description about not just being a hearer, but a doer, and he gives this example about the mirror, what James is doing here is he says, listen, when you hear the word of God and you don't do it, what you're in essence doing is you're saying the word of God is in effect useless or it's ineffective, okay? It's ineffective. Your short-sighted wisdom is far better than God's. Think about the arrogance of that. You know, Jesus marks the difference between a hearer and a doer. If you remember in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, remember when Jesus says, everyone then who hears these words of mine 
and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So these are things that we see, my friends, that what James is saying here is don't be like his brother said, don't be like a person who built his house on the sand. So don't just be a Christian who studies the Bible and doesn't live it out and doesn't share what you know to be true with others. I mean, think about how absurd that is. If you and I, and we do this, we see a great still uh, or a great sale that's going on at, a, at the mall or on Amazon or something. You tell people, you tell people. If you see something that's pretty outrageous, I just recently just did that when my city was going to be passing a certain ordinance that would be very, very detrimental to religious freedom. You share that with people, okay? If you see danger coming, you tell that person. If, if, if their house is on fire and they're just sitting there and they're not aware of it because it's happening in the other room and you see it from the outside and you see people through the window sitting there in the other room, you tell them. You don't say, well, yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll feel the heat or the smell the smoke. You tell them. So how much more, you guys, when the good news that Jesus Christ loves us and he came to die on the cross for our sins, why wouldn't we tell that to people? And yes, also to mention that there is a real hell. But there's also real heaven. But how do you get there? Through Jesus Christ, by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So again, do not be deceived by just listening. Let's do it. So even right now, as you're listening to the word of God, it's like, who can I impact? Who can I love? Who can I share Christ with? And verse 25, it says, but the one who looks, again, to stoop and to look intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty in perseveres to keep adding to be active okay being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts he'll be blessed in what he does so you guys that's another thing that's so amazing when you live out the truth it may be awkward it may be uncomfortable it may be challenging but man oh man when you do it god will bless it christians are to live a life that is under god's royal law we are to not just believe in the gospel, but we are to live the gospel. Because remember, the gospel, and you hear me say this often on the podcast, the gospel is the person of Jesus. So everything he taught and what he did, his actions, dying, being buried, rising from the dead, promising that he'll return, that's the gospel. The doer is like the righteous person. If you go back to Psalm verse 1, and I believe oftentimes, remember, James has a great understanding of Scripture. That's why God used him in profound ways. He's living what he's writing, you guys. That's amazing. James looked intently in the perfect law. He knew that. He persevered in it. He wasn't just a hearer, but he lived it out, and God blessed him as an elder, as a leader in the, in the early church, particularly in Jerusalem. But you remember when you, when you look at Psalm 1, the Bible says that that person, again, who meditates on God's word, they'll be blessed. They'll be firmly established. They'll bear much fruit. 
So by just studying the Bible, you won't bear fruit. You have to live it. The phrase here, perfect law, is possibly a reference to Psalm 19, verse 7. Again, James, yes, was referring to the Sermon on the Mount a lot, but he's also referring to Proverbs and Psalms throughout because a guy had a, a wealth of knowledge of God's word and he lived it. So I think perfect law is a phrase that comes from Psalm 19, verse 7. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And so these are play on words that James is using as he's referring to scripture because he knows the scripture. But he's also showing these Christians how they ought to live it as he is living it. You know, verse 26 now is um, one that I tend to look at frequently. And let me just read it again for you to see why I look at it frequently. James says, if anyone thinks he is religious, meaning performing in outward works and does not bridle, meaning does not control, doesn't keep a tight rein with his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. You say, Jay, why do you look at that often? I'll tell you why. Because I have to be careful what I say. Again, and I, and I think people in my profession, we, we feel like we can get away with certain things. Um, and that's wrong. No, I think if the, the more responsibility God gives you, the more of, of a servant you ought to be, the more caring, the more listening you do, uh, because there's a lot of people who, who listen to us and a sign of a great leader, is someone who listens to the people who listens to their sheep. And so if God has put you in charge of a group of people, how can you serve that person? You can, you can have a great ministry. You can write books. You can have a podcast with a lot of followers. You can have a huge church that has multi-campus satellites. But if you can't control your tongue, in essence, what the Bible's saying is your religion is worthless, meaning the way you're living, you're wasting it. You're blowing it. You know, there was a famous pastor who, again, had all of it. Everything I just mentioned he had. He had the podcast platforms, YouTube, social media stuff. Huge church, tens of thousands of members, huge book deals. But man, it finally came out that this guy was cussing a lot to his staff. He was spiritually abusing them. He was, had been reprimanded from time to time by the elders of the church. And in the end, the way, when they finally tried to do some church discipline, it, the whole thing just fell apart. The whole thing fell apart. And that's just a reminder, again, that what they were doing was in essence worthless. So just keep that in mind. So that's why I look there because I don't want to deceive my heart. I don't want to be like, oh, you know, pretending to be, you know, all down to earth and that I care, love these people. And then I trash them with my tongue. And again, we're going to be looking at that when we get to James chapter three. And that's in essence what I want to share with you guys real quickly, that when you, if you do spend some time looking at James chapter three, specifically in verses one through 12. James there, he'll teach about how vital, how important it is to control, to tame the tongue. And because when you do that, you will bear fruit. But when you don't, you're not going to bear fruit when you can't control what you say. And if you remember in James, or excuse me, in, in, in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasures brings forth evil. And Jesus says, I tell you, the day of judgment will be when you will have to give an account for every careless word that you speak. 
And then he said in verse 37, for by your words, you'll be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. That's why it's so important that we live out what we study. And one way that you and I can live out the word of God is by watching what we say with our mouth. And lastly here, he boils down what true religion is. You know, Micah the prophet, it's highlighted. And I think this is where James, again, going back to scripture, kind of condenses here in verse 27 about true religion is to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Micah 6 verse 8, he, that is God, has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? You know, the most helpless and defenseless group of people are orphans and widows. So if the word of God truly permeates your life, my friends, you will actively and compassionately seek opportunities to love and care for those who are in need. You know, God, we're told in scripture, is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. And that same love that he shows his people, he has called his children to be godly leaders, to care and to defend the weak. So in essence, my friends, based on what James is saying here in James chapter one, that is how you live out the word of God in your life. So I pray that this has been a blessing to you, my friends, as you continue to trust the Lord, that he may use you and that you may continue to stand strong in the word of God. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the Word of God.